you are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. All right, so uh, I don't know uh, how many of you uh, are uh, into hiking uh, at all in here. Hopefully some of you have had the, that experience um, in, in your life. And it's kind of an interesting thing, right? There's different terrain when you go hiking. And I want you to think about with me this morning, just like this moment, uh, when you're hiking and you, you pass a, a group of people. And you know, maybe you're on your way back. And they're on their way into, and there's some questions that they might meet you with, right? They might say, like, hey, like, how much further is it? Like, how much, how longer do I have to keep doing this? Or, like, is the view worth it? Like, should I just turn around and should I just, like, go back or should I keep going? And I don't know, I've had this in life, too. We were hiking one time and there's a couple that was kind of coming back that other way. And they're like, hey, do you think I can make it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it might be, the last little bit might be kind of tough, but like you can do it. And I think this is a little bit of a picture today uh, for life. Like there's different terrains uh, that we are going to experience in life. And so this isn't just about graduates today. I think we could all stand up here and tell the graduates today like, hey, there's just going to be different kinds of seasons in your life. Like there's going to be different kinds of terrains and like sometimes like the trail is going to be marked out pretty well. Sometimes it's going to be covered up by leaves and vegetation and all different kinds of deals. And you're going to have to just traverse that a little bit. But we can't step in today just thinking like, oh, it's just sort of going to be one kind of terrain. Because we just know that's not the way that it works. And even as we look to the scriptures, we see different kinds of terrain. And so a couple that I want to walk through uh, with you today. So the first kind of terrain that we're going to encounter, we're going to encounter peaceful terrain. Like peaceful terrain is like when things just line up in life. Like when things just make sense. Like when things work out. Like these are the moments sitting on your back patio. And I know it's not summer here now, which hopefully will be by August. But it's just warm and a little breezy, and it's like enjoyable. And it's like, yes, all is right with the world. But yeah, there will be moments, there will be peaceful terrain that you will walk in your life. And there's a challenge in that terrain, though. The challenge in that season is to not forget God and to instead feed your own pride. Like to just say, hey, I arrived here, I'm forgetting who brought me here, and I'm feeding my own sense of strength and power and purpose and feeding your own pride. If you look at the scriptures, the people of God are told to remember all of the time. It's kind of like the drumbeat of the Bible. Remember, 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 remember. And it's used like, I don't know, 240 times all across the scriptures. And God's people are called to remember a couple different things. They're called to remember God's character. Like, hey, don't forget who I am. Like, I'm good, and I'm faithful, and I'm holy, and I'm loving, and I'm present. 
Like, don't let anyone or anything push you away from grabbing onto that truth, from remembering who I am. Because there's going to be lots of people who want to tell you who I am. So remember who I am. Remember God's character. Also, like, remembering God's acts of power. Like, remember the ways that I have shown up. Like, don't forget that. Remember my power, also remember my commands. Like, hey, like God's told us some stuff. You know, it's kind of the moment when your parents leave you home for the first time. Like, hey, don't forget. This is important, this is important, this is important. Don't let anybody in the house. Only answer the door if it's Amazon. Like, all of these, like, commands that you might be given. No friends. And God has commands for us. And those commands are, are not for our pain, but for our flourishing, like for our growth. And then we have, like, remember God's people. That's an interesting one. This shows up in the New Testament. And it's like, hey, care for one another. Like, don't forget about the fact that you are called in a community. God's love isn't just for you. It's for the whole community. So remember each other. And then later in the New Testament, we hear about, like, hey, remember the death of Jesus. Like, don't forget about what has happened. Don't forget this story. Because there's all these stories happening around you. Do not forget the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. I love this in Isaiah. This comes out of the message. So there's this guy, Eugene Peterson, who's this incredible Bible scholar, pastor, and he spent a ton of his life reading the scriptures, and then finding a way to paraphrase, finding to, a way to make the ancient words kind of meld with our modern language. And he wrote this. This is amazing. The Lord commands, remember your history, your long and rich history. I'm God, the only God you've ever had or will ever have, incomparable, irreplaceable, from the very beginning, telling you what the ending will be, all along letting you in on what is going to happen, assuring you, and I love this part, that I'm in this for the long haul, and I'll do exactly what I set out to do. So do you know today that we have a long haul kind of God? That he's faithful, that he is enduring, and he has an unbroken track record of faithfulness. So remember who God is. So you're going to have peaceful terrain. It'd be sweet if we could just spend all of the time talking about just peaceful terrain. That might be some of our favorite kinds of terrain, but that's not all that there is. There's also stalled terrain. Like that's a moment when you would like to keep going, you would like to keep moving, but there's a family in front of you on the trail who has a three-year-old. And if you don't know, three-year-olds rule the world. People think it's the government. It's not the government. It's three-year-olds. Ask aisle nine at Target, right? That's just sort of, there's a way that this rolls. And we're going to have terrain that we encounter where our life feels like it has stalled, and we're going to have to wait. And you're going to want to run ahead of God. You're going to grow impatient, and 
Like your timing and God's timing are not going to match up. I don't know if you remember this screensaver or not. Anybody remember this screensaver? And it almost, oh, no, it just do, it doesn't line up. It doesn't like hit the corner perfectly. We could watch this thing forever, and it, trust me, I've done it. It does not hit the corner. And I just don't know, like, if you ever have felt that in your life, if you have ever felt that way in your life with God, it's just not lining up. I have to move it, otherwise we'll just keep watching it the whole time. Yes, peaceful terrain. Yes. But also terrain that has stalled. And your desire and God's desire it's not lining up. Your timing and God's timing, it's just not lining up. And so the challenge in this season is to obey when you don't agree. And so I have to tell you about a crossing guard outside of Laura Wilder Elementary. And I will be honest with you, there were some times this year where she and I did not agree that I felt that it was safe to cross, but she was doing her, she's good. She's, she's going to be president someday. Like she's, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like ready to cross. And she's like, oh no, you have to, you have to wait. And I'm like, for what? There's like a bunny right there, right inside. I'm not saying this to her. I'm kind. But inside I'm like, can we just, I have to get to work. I have a meeting and all this, right? And I just think that is something that we're going to experience in our life. Like moments when we just have to wait and we're not going to agree because we're going to be told to wait and we say, well, no, I, look, I, I can move forward. No, it's time. We got to go. Let's get it done. But God has something for us in the stalled terrain. There's this uh, word in the scriptures that is used for wait. There's a ton of them. I didn't list them all, but this is one of them. It's this word, kava. Can we say that? Kava? Oh, you guys, A-plus today, graduation. You all get the golden star. And kava means not just to wait passively, not just to stay on the couch, not just to sit at the table and let whoever made the meal pick up all of the dishes, there's a truth in here, and take care of them and put them away and wait for the next thing. No, kava means to look eagerly. So kava is the moment when I come home for lunch and my four-pound wiener dog is yipping at me for more food and he's excited to see me because he's excited for food. As amazing as I am, he's excited for food. Kava is the moment that the baby who is in the crib, who has kind of figured its way how to stand on two feet and grab hold of the crib when he or she hears mom and dad coming down the hallway. There's wooden floors and there's one really creaky spot. And so when that foot hits the creaky spot, the kid jumps up and is eagerly waiting, not passively waiting, actively waiting. And so, in the book of Isaiah, this is like a verse that's on a lot of coffee cups, it's a lot on a lot of t-shirts, it's on bumper stickers, it's on a pillow at your grandma's house. Those who kava, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk 
and not faint. So there is renewal, there's mounting up, there's running, and there's walking in the waiting. And looking eagerly for what God is going to do. For his power, for his grace, for his presence. And so when we find ourselves in some stalled terrain, it's activity, not passivity, that we are called to. It's not a sitting on your hands kind of waiting. Testing your patience as you passively watch the clock. No, it's an active, eager, and expectant waiting. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says. She's a woman who has lost her husband in a really tragic way in ministry in a different country. And she once wrote that God is God. If he is God, he is worthy of my worship and my service, and I will find rest nowhere but in his will, that his will is infinitely, immeasurably, unspeakably beyond my largest notions of what he is up to. So in seasons of waiting, how do we obey when we don't agree? Waiting reveals the depth of our desire for control. Like if you want to see who someone really is, just make them wait. Like how flexible we are, it will measure our flexibility. But it also reveals like what we believe to be true, like what we believe about God in moments of waiting. So yes, peaceful terrain. But also yes to some stalled terrain when we just can't get the thing to hit the corner like we would like it to. And are we open in that place? Because we might find it easy to be open in the peaceful terrain. We're noticing all the, the birds and the flowers and the, and the beauty of God's world. But then we come to a stalled terrain where we're waiting and God's world is now not so beautiful. Because we find it hard to obey when we do not agree. And there's one more, of course. There's always one more. What about painful terrain? You know, this is the moment when you're on the trail and you just would like to turn around. Like, oh, we took the picture, so that's great. It proves we've been here. So we could just, like, turn around now and we've got burritos in the car, whatever it is, right? Let's just, let's just call it a day. So yes to peaceful terrain, yes to stalled terrain, but also yes to painful terrain. Different kinds of painful terrain that we will encounter, relational pain. Like your relationship with somebody else, it just got off the tracks. Like people that you used to be connected with. People you used to share meals with. And there's this pain that resides in your heart from relationship. Emotional pain. You know, this is like those seasons, like you just don't like yourself. And you're weary, and you're angry, and you're tired, and you're sad. And that's the path that we are all going to walk at times, moments of 
great pain, terrain that brings about great pain in our life, and then also physical pain. Like not just about relationship with another person, not just like my inner world, not just like my own loneliness, my own doubt, but also physical pain. You know, think about what it's like when you roll your ankle and how that really impacts life. Well, what about having a sprained ankle for months, chronically? How does that impact how you think about yourself, how you think about God, how you think about God's world? And the challenge in painful seasons is not to deny the pain, but to keep it from dictating your life. To keep it from dictating the, the terms of your life. And pain will call us to all different kinds of things. Pain will call us to hide. Like the way that I deal with this is I go somewhere else and I just hide. Another way that I'll deal with pain is like I'll find some kind of way to medicate. Like some kind of way that like makes me feel better in this moment. And sometimes what happens is that bitterness gets planted in our heart in moments of pain. But there's another opportunity when we find ourselves on terrain that is marked by pain. The other opportunity is connection. That it presents us with an opportunity for somebody else to know, for someone else to hear, for someone else to see, but that takes great courage. That takes great vulnerability. That takes you looking at pain in the face and realizing through the power of the Holy Spirit that you indeed have what it takes to not allow that pain to dictate the terms of your life because you have a God who is very familiar with pain. Scripture calls him a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. So Jesus hasn't just heard about grief in a textbook. He hasn't just heard about grief in a seminar. He's acquainted with it. You know, I don't know if you have anybody in your life and there's something wrong with your car and they can hear it. And they point that out. Oh, you need to get that belt changed. Oh, you that kind of acquainted with the car is a picture for the Jesus that is very acquainted with grief. He's experienced it. He knows it. He can see it. He can smell it. And so church, we have a Jesus, not who's learned about grief from someone else. He's learned it in experience. He's learned it in the garden. He's learned it in the city streets. He's learned it around the table. And the God who is acquainted with grief is the God who has called you to himself. And so let's not go around thinking that the way of Jesus is not going to involve terrain that is filled with pain. But let's also not go around believing that the terrain that we're called to that's filled with pain leaves us isolated from the God of heaven. Because the God who's acquainted 
with grief, the man of sorrows, is the same God who walks with us and alongside us and calls us in those moments to more deeply connect with him and to more deeply connect with those around us. First Peter says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong. So there's something about the terrain that's filled with pain that's restorative and strengthening. Like he will himself restore you and make you strong. Your own will, South Dakotans, is not going to restore you and make you strong. Like your own ability, your own strength, your own perseverance. Like you got to be those things to make it through January around here. But it's God himself who is going to restore you and make you strong. That's not going to come from you. It's going to come from his hand. Make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And I just want you to hear this morning who is writing those words. It says, Peter. Peter also happens to be acquainted with suffering. Peter also happens to have had a moment in his life where he walked the path of suffering, of pain. And so he's writing through the power of the Holy Spirit part of his experience because there's a restoration and a strength and a steadfastness that comes in Peter's life as he has walked that path of pain. Like it's a different kind of Peter that we see. Like the Peter that stands up in the book of Acts, we're going to go through Acts this fall and we're going to see that's a different Peter than like I don't know the guy. Well, yeah, you do. Like, you've, I've seen you talk to him. You talk a lot. No, I don't know the guy. I'm telling you, I don't know the guy. In Acts, he's like, you guys got to know the guy. Not only do I know him, but you all got to know him. Because he brings life out of death and beauty out of chaos and purpose. You got to know him. Stand firm and steadfast. C.S. Lewis, too, if we're going to talk about pain, we've got to talk about him. He once wrote, I think I have it on here, that God who foresaw your tribulation has specially armed you to go through it not without pain, but without stain. And I don't know about you, but I find that really beautiful that God's armed me. Like God's made me ready. That God's equipped me for what I'm going to walk through. Doesn't mean that there's not pain involved. And it also doesn't mean that he's not talking about like a stain on your shirt. He's not talking about like when you're eating chili, it's better just to have an apron. That's not the kind of stain he's talking about. 
but he's talking about a kind of stain, a kind of marking that would somehow undo the work of God in your life. Like the, a stain that would make you less, that would strip you of your identity. As a beloved child of King Jesus, as one who belongs to him, that path of pain does not have the power to do that. It doesn't have the power to undo the resurrection. Like, that's happened. It's rooted in history, and it can't be undone. We can't put him back in the tomb because the stone was rolled away, and he's already been raised. You can't unraise God. I invite the worship team up as we close this morning. So, yes to paths of peace. Maybe you're in one. And yes, to paths that are stalled. But also yes, to paths that are filled with pain. And if we got all the graduates up here again and we could talk to them, we could pass the microphone around about all the, the trails of peace that we've walked in our life. And we could talk to them about Man, the times when we were called to wait and we didn't like it. Where we disobeyed because we didn't agree. And we could talk to them about like the trails of pain. And somehow God has used all of that in our story for his good. And for helping us understand how wide and deep and high is the love of Christ. But we could also tell them that the story of God does not take place in a climate-controlled environment. It takes place in the wilderness. It takes place in deserts. It takes place in palaces. It takes place in fields filled with sheep. It takes place in city streets and synagogues in exile when you get kicked out of your home. It takes place at funerals. And it even takes place at an execution site outside of the city of Jerusalem. None of these places are climate-controlled movie sets. And it's important for us to come around that truth today. And just to know that the trail, the season, does not define God's commitment to be present. That he speaks and restores and breathes in, breathes life into all of those places. And so there isn't a place, there's not an environment, a trail, where God is not walking to. And God doesn't call us as individuals only to paths of peace, only to stalled paths, and only to painful paths, but he calls us to himself. And that's what we would want graduates to hear today. That's what we maybe need to be reminded of today. Just that beautiful truth. And also of this, 
that there's not a place that our Lord wouldn't enter, not a place he wouldn't hold together, not a place he wouldn't breathe life into. And so the question today is not going to be, will God enter here? Like, God will enter this place that I'm going. Will God enter this place that I am? But will we notice and participate in the work of God in this place? So when you're in a path of peace, will you notice him and will you participate with what he's doing? And when you're in a stalled place, you're just like wanting to get around the family who's having a three-year-old who's losing his mind on the trail. Like, will you notice and participate in the work that God wants to do to deepen you, to strengthen you, to renew you, to restore? And then in moments of pain, will you notice and participate in what God wants to do? Because God's story doesn't take place in a climate-controlled environment, and I'll just tell you, neither will yours. That as long as our story is attached to God's story, we find our story in the midst of his He's just not going to let us live there. He's going to kick us out of those climate-controlled environments. And he's going to invite us to participate in the stuff that he wants to do. Let me pray. Lord God, we thank you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Invitation Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it. Every promise from God, every declaration of his great love for you, every word of hope, every reminder that you have been made for more. Allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.